It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective characters. Three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. James here. I'm Dennis. Yeah, the opinions are our own without representing any particular organization, institution, or fellowship. Today we'll be sharing our experience on friends asking for help? Question mark? Question mark? Question mark? In this episode, 149 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go! Dennis! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dennis, we'll start with you. Uh, I don't think we talked very much last week about it because we had other things in mind, uh, giving you guys your sacks of marbles uh instead but how's everything been uh technically you got like two weeks of uh of catch-up dennis on how everything was well, yeah what are you doing here oh that's simple i didn't do anything for two weeks um they're laughing at me um shoot well, the past two weeks let's see my parents went out of town they went on a cruise ship they got back yesterday was it the disney it was. It was the maiden voyage of the Disney Wish, the brand new giant ship, which is cool. I'm happy that they went and got to experience it. I guess my dad was working like half the time, which is normal for him. Um, I also, I was dog sitting. So like my parents went out of town, so I was home alone for like just under a week, which was nice. I like quiet and solitude too much probably um so i hung out with my dog and then i was dog sitting for like two weeks three little chihuahuas and that ended the other day um other than that i don't know i watched a horror thing which is pretty big for me because i don't like horror and i don't like scary things because i'm scared all the time what'd you watch i watched uh, the new resident evil did you watch it? I couldn't get past the first episode. Really? Oh, it's horrible. Oh, see, I, I, thought it, I thought it was actually good. I didn't like all the gory horror stuff, but there's an underlining story in it that I thought was really good with the kids and stuff. So I didn't like, I didn't like the kids. You hate kids. We know it. Like you're always talking about how much you hate kids. Uh... <laughs> uh other than that, I don't know. I've been patiently waiting for James to get some artwork to me, to me, not harassing him, not mentioning it, knowing that he's going off to Disney on his days off and like having fun and enjoying life while I'm just sitting here waiting for artwork. Uh, anyways, how was your week, James? Did you do any artwork? Did, did you, was that Resident Evil or Resentment Evil? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Resentment evil. <laughs> I started watching um, The Old Man last night. Really, last yeah. night? What 
episode. I only caught one episode. It was. What is that? It's the old man. I haven't heard of it. Look, he feels like he's missing out. It's based on the Neil Young song, the old man, look at my life. Look at my life. You're lying, right? You yeah, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, right, and uh, John uh, Lithgow are in it. Really? Yeah. It's really good. Just check it out. It is, is on it? Hulu. Oh, that's I know you have Hulu because you have my account. <laughs> I don't have it in my phone at the moment. So, anyways, it's really good. I watched the first episode, too. And um, I was like, wow, this is good. I was falling asleep because I was so tired because I worked a double yesterday. But, um, yeah, the artwork is always on the back of my mind. It always, it's always like, ah, should I take a nap or do artwork? The thing is, when I, I when I do the artwork, it's so, it's just a lot of work. And I, I'm, I work so much, you know, I work six, seven shifts a week on my downtime. I just want to have fun, but I should, you know, really just get it done. Sorry. Maybe you should pay me. I'll get it done quicker. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Actually, when it's all done, we'll we'll receive funds from them from selling them. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, We're partners. Neither of us are getting paid. Yeah. The the kids have gone back home, so that's good. Uh, I miss them sometimes, but not a lot. And then I don't know. I'm happy today. Maybe I'll get some artwork done. Here's Mike. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, another horror movie that you can uh, you can catch up on or horror thing is the Black Phone, which is actually in oh. phone yeah. phone. Like if you like Ethan Hawke's in it, yep, yep. It's actually I think still in theaters, but uh, there's a streaming thing where you can pay. I don't know. It's like twenty bucks, and you can watch it at home a bunch of times. It was pretty good. It wasn't horror as much as it was like thriller times two. Like it was just under where it was like, you know. Anyway, it's pretty pretty solid out there. And uh, I've been enjoying, I think, finally. So just to give an overview, the last two and a half years, basically two and a half years ago, I got into a car accident and was trying to get my medical bills covered and in treatment. And finally, that was resolved uh, this past week. So that was uh, uh, very, I guess, therapeutic in that there was a resolution to it. And I will say that about 90% of the time, the last two and a half years, I had... The solution worked of like turning it over and being like, okay, what can I control? Nothing. But there was 10% that still, it was almost like if it's quiet, but you hear like a, like a very quiet like buzz in the background or like insects outside, like those heat bugs. That's what it was, where it was always there in my mind, but it wasn't taking over my happiness. And now without that... Um, I'm I'm just appreciating a lot more uh, that I have around that I I just don't have that because I think 2020 was a freaking terrible year for everybody and that was the only thing like we're not walking around with masks anymore. James probably has to still wear them at work and everything else. Maybe do you? Do you have to wear masks at work? No, no. So yeah, it's it's nice, but like I don't think anybody wants to go through that again. Like we want that year to be done. 
Um, so it's been good. I, uh, uh, I'm trying to get my daughter's, uh, health and, and issues under control. I think I have to have her tested for, uh, autism. I think I'm coming into that, uh, span because I think there's some stuff that's creeping up that my ex-wife doesn't want to see and she's under my insurance. So I'm just going to take her and get tested for a bunch of stuff and get more doctors to give their opinion on it because, uh, I think that is what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to, if there's stuff coming up, I'm not supposed to turn a blind eye to it. And that's the program teaching me that and suggestions, uh, that aren't directly because I'm not like, hey, what do you think about this? But anytime that uh, I wasn't focused on health, like James has talked about it in his story of like the stuff that he's like, you know what, I got to get this under control um, with his own personal health. And for me, she's so young that her health is my health. Like I am in charge of that. So, um, but I don't have any fear, huh? Like, I'm not like, oh, God, what if she has this? My head's not jumping there. It's like, okay, well, when's the next soonest appointment? Okay, I have it booked. Okay, cool. Well, we'll do that, and then we'll just keep on checking it off. So that's that's the, uh, the latest and greatest on what's going on. Um, this topic, as you're looking, you probably clicked on the episode and seeing uh, friends asking for help. I sent you guys some questions. How do you want to do it? In the past, we've done it like a uh, monologue or we've done each question and gone down. What J- James and Dennis, what do you uh prefer as far as that? You like the back and forth. So monologue. so let's let's start at the let's let's start at the the top. I did spell it wrong, but James, can you say what the first question there is? Did a fiend that introduced <laughs> it did not say fiend <laughs> okay i'm sorry that was funny uh it was this is pretty unreadable but i'll do the best i can <laughs> did a friend introduce the program to you okay yeah and and, and let so how i uh, came up with this topic this past week a fiend of mine that I used to uh, drink with, we both knew that we were drinking unlike anybody else, which is why we would only drink together. So through the years, especially when we started this podcast, like almost three years ago, he actually quit drinking because he had got some health concerns, but he quit cold turkey. And he was like, yeah, there's definitely something, but I can manage it because his brother, who has been sober seven, eight years, like the same amount of time as me, he is not in the program. So he said, well, my brother can do it without it. So I probably can too. And that worked for about six months. And then he started uh, drinking again. So he reached out to me this past week and said that his wife of the last seven years, who has asked him to stop in the past, found a 30 rack in the back seat of his car that he had been hiding there and was going to then put it in the free fridge that she doesn't go in. And it was probably over the weekend going to drink all of it. And she said, were you going to drink all this and not tell me? And he said, right. That it was not the first time, Dennis. Thank you. 
uh, he, he said, you know, that's not normal, right? Like he was get, trying to get validation and he knows that I'm going to tell him the truth. So I tried to guide him in a way of uh, helping because he asked for help. So that's how this topic came up. Um, and so the, the first question, if a friend introduced you, I'll start with you, James, if you have any perspective uh, on that. A friend or somebody in your life before the program, if uh, they introduced any part of this to you. No. I knew it. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> no. I literally, uh, when, I, when things were getting bad from, you know, with my ex, um, you know, I just, I knew my firstborn son was alive in the house and I couldn't stop drinking. So I finally, I finally got sick of fighting and it's just like, what are you going to do? And I said, I get, I'll go to an AA meeting. And I, I went to an AA meeting. I it was back before cell phones. So I went to my computer. I found an AA meeting on MapQuest. I printed out a little map and I, I got there. And that was my first AA meeting. So it was, it was really all, was it me or God, really? So God put the, I don't even know where I knew AA from, like just from culture, movies and stuff. Um, and then through it, you know, I just saw that other people were doing it. And there's some pretty cool people in AA. So, yeah. Dennis, Dennis, who introduced you? Was it Jay? It was Jay. Like, yeah, you know, um, you can hear it in the episode number two where I tell my story. Um, But yeah, I was like, you know, very isolated, dealing with the depression and anxiety really bad and wasn't leaving my house. But I got to a point where I would go down to the restaurant right next to my house, which is a Thai restaurant, and order food to go and then take it back upstairs to eat it. And uh, the bartender slash manager or whatever uh, I would talk to while I was down there or whatever and ended up being Jay. And then he would always, like, offer me a beer. And I said, no, I didn't want a beer. And then one day he... uh, asked me he's like you don't drink do you and I was like no he's like not at all and I'm like no I used to but I don't anymore and then he's like oh well either do I and you know and then we started talking found out he was in recovery and I wasn't but I wasn't drinking and so like we became friends and then every once in a while he would ask me to go to a meeting just like hey I'm going to a meeting do you want to tag along I'd be like no and he'd be like okay and then every once in a while he would ask me and then one time I said yes and then I went to a meeting and then the rest is history I guess you know so it was basically making friends with someone that just happened to be in recovery and then finally taking that step to do it you know Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. Yeah, you can also probably hear uh, a little bit of that, not only just in Dennis's story, but also Jay's story. Uh, I'm not off the top of my head sure of the episode, but there's only one Jay that's told this story. If you go back, um, I don't know, probably about a year and a half and hear that. I, I would say if it wasn't for the coworkers that I had 
at the time in Burlington, Vermont, I wouldn't have, um, I probably just would have left my life, my job, my wife, and I don't see me going to an AA meeting without knowing that somebody was in recovery that I worked with and that I could so easily just be like, hey, I have a problem. I knew that I needed to uh, get help. Similar to like what James was saying as far as like the what are you going to do now type thing. Well, I guess I'll go to a meeting, except for me, it wasn't I'll go to a meeting. It was, uh, you know, I will ask Mary and maybe she will be able to help me. So I did that. And if it wasn't for that and the hand that she extended, I don't think I would have been as capable to do it when it came up uh, to me. There was a coworker of mine who I probably had six months in the rooms and uh, they reached out to me for for some help. So another question, uh, how did you handle the time that somebody asked you for help? So uh, her name was Tara. I was her manager at the time. And my boss came to me and said, hey, it sounds like she's, it was within radio. So it sounds like she's slurring on the air. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, come up to my office. So I came up to his office and we sat there for 30 minutes and she was definitely, it was the afternoon. It was like four in the afternoon and she was like going, (laughs) it wasn't talk radio and she was going on. Like usually when you're playing music, you talk over the beginning part of the song, maybe like 10, 15 seconds. She was doing like little mini monologues and putting in the stereotypical drunk phrases like, I'll tell you what, or like, you know, oh, you know what happened then? Like, it's like she was telling a story that you would stereotypically hear somebody tell at a bar, except she was like, here's Elton John, you know? (laughs) And when she was doing it, I'm like, I'll be honest in that every bit of me wanted to be like, no, I don't think she's drunk. Like, I wanted to deny it, but... I knew the right thing to do was to (laughs) – I didn't want to do this, but my boss was like, we have to go down and approach her and take her into her office and tell her she's off the air the rest of the day. And so I did that, and then my boss left, and it was just me and her in her her office. I said, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I've been in recovery. You know that I don't drink anymore the last six months. I'm going to go to uh, a meeting tonight. We're not telling you you have to go. You can do whatever you want. But I've never been happier than I am today because of this. So I just told her, hey, it's an option. And if not, like it's, it means nothing as far as your job goes. You're on suspension. You could do whatever the heck you want but I'm going to go. And so that's what I did is when she, she told me that during her lunch break, she had to have a drink to get through the day and that she didn't want to feel that way anymore. And that's when I told her that I was in recovery and stuff like that. Uh, no part of me at that point wanted to tell anybody that I 
was in recovery. I just wanted to say that I wasn't drinking. But I felt the need to do that because people knew that I was shining brighter, having a great day almost every day, like the months prior, like the two months prior, after going through like the crap and realizing step one that I life was unmanageable. Uh, it was an easy thing to step up. So that's a long winded answer to that. But uh, it was a no brainer when uh, she asked for help. So James, with that kind of wind, you could play a woodwind instrument. Clarinet. Now, I know I didn't land. You guys are just (laughs) looking at me like I'm an idiot. (laughs) So question two, how did you handle the time that someone asked you for help? And I'll go ahead and answer the second question too. Did they take suggestions you offer? Um, I think about in the first year I started working as a bartender, one of the other bartenders uh, tried to get me to try the drink I just made. I told him I didn't drink. And he was he was intrigued. He's like, yeah, just just try the drink, though. You got to know how it tastes. I was like, well, you try it. How does it taste? <laughs> He's like, it's good. You try. And it was kind of like this banter back and forth. And I was like, no, I, I just don't. I don't drink. I'm actually in recovery. He's like, oh, okay. And then, But then he, he tried to get me to try, sample my drinks like two more times that week before he finally gave up. It was funny. <laughs> um, uh, maybe a few months go by and... Um, you know, he'd always have a, a big a big beer after work and just, you know, help himself to the beer. You know, I didn't I didn't think anything of it. Uh, one day he came up to me and he's like, James, I need I need I think I might need to go to a, a meeting or do something. I'm just not happy. It's like, all right, um, here's my number. I think he already had my number, but I go every morning at 8 a.m. in celebration. I knew where he lived. It was really only 15 minutes away. Okay. Um, long story short, he never mentioned it again, and he kept drinking. And you know, he did not take the suggestions I offered. And frankly, you know, I I really didn't care. Um, you know, if it was like a, a family member, or f- even with family members, you know, like my my dad, he drinks a lot, and you know, do I care? Uh, yes, I do. I wish he would g- get into the program and stop drinking. But ultimately, you know, it does not affect my emotional joy because my joy comes from God. And if people want to be around me and stay sober and um, do the things I do, that's great. If not, you know, it doesn't affect me. It, it might be a little sad for a minute, but then I go right back up to God. And, um, you know, another t- thing I was thinking about was... Um, when you asked me for help, when you called me, when you were, you know, having you, your your wife had said that she wasn't happy, and you're like, James, what do I do? I, I, f- I felt your pain, and, you know, you were asking me for help in that moment, and all I could do was share everything that I went through, and just by sharing um, and being on the phone with you for a couple hours, I think that I, I might have helped you, and um, I think you might have followed my suggestions, and, and today you're 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 going to get married again. You found the love of your life and everything's new and shiny. When you're saying you, do you mean Mike? Mike. Oh, <laughs> Not, the, the, the listener thought that you... <laughs> I was looking at you. Mike was remember th- this is so inside, right? The you is the person listening. 
He's been in radio for 20 years. I've been in it for two, <laughs> three. So let's move on to baby Dennis. Thanks for the tips. Are you lucky? Uh, um, fun times. Uh, I guess the only really experience I have of a friend is um, my friend Matt that one time. Um, like, this is a kid that I knew before I ever got sober, that I'd known for a couple of years. He worked at the pizza place in the same building that I live. And so we hung out, and uh, he ended up moving to Colorado. I ended up getting sober. And then when he came back, you know, he he's like a lot of, like, you know, young kids that smoke pot and drink alcohol. It's like just becomes part of your life that you do daily or whatever. And uh, I remember one time, like, I didn't really hang out with him too much when he came back. I would talk to him every once in a while when I saw him or whatever. I remember one time I was coming home and I saw him and he... Uh, started asking me like because he knew I was sober and he knew I'd been sober for a little bit and he started asking me about stuff or whatever and I was like you know like you know that kind of like you know I'm not really sure but I'm curious of what's going on um so I told him to call me the next day and I'd give him a book and he could just read the book and make up his own mind or whatever and he never called me and then um Sometime later, like a while, like months or whatever, he uh, like texted me or called me or whatever, and he's, you know, I think I need, I think I have a problem. I need help or whatever. So I texted him back, like, oh, you know, uh, meet me here at so and so at this meeting tomorrow morning or whatever, and we did, and uh, he showed up, and so like. Went to the meeting or whatever. I ended up, after a couple of meetings or whatever, he ended up asking me to sponsor him. He met all my friends and stuff at the meeting. And uh, so I sponsored him. I took him through the steps. We got through all the steps pretty much. Are you talking about Bearded Matt? Yes, Bearded Matt. Yes. And uh, got through all the steps and stuff. And then uh, eventually he got to the point he was like, yeah, this isn't really for me. Um, you know, and he started, like, smoking again, but I, I'm pretty sure he hasn't drank or anything, and I'm still friends with him. He actually does work with my sponsor and stuff. Because there's earplug Matt. Those are the same person. Oh. <laughs> but there are several other Matts in the cover. <laughs> um, Sorry. But, oh, my God, let me finish my story. Uh, so he's still around, and he st- does work with my sponsor and stuff, and it's it's... And he still calls me up every once in a while when he has, like, an issue or something to talk about. And we'll walk around the lake or go talk and, uh, and whatever. So he's still a good friend of mine. But I'm under the impression or under the practice of not pushing anyone, you know? Like, don't waste your time chasing people and telling them what they need because you don't know. Only God knows what they need. And while you're focused on, like, trying to pull these people in that don't want to be in, then you're ignoring all the other people that are there that need your help. So I'm very lackadaisical. Like, I'm here to help if you want help. 
if you don't, then I'm not going to force you to do anything. You know? What about that Matt that helped you on that film project that had a big beard? He just ghosted everyone. I know we haven't seen him since. That's the bearded Matt I spoke of. Oh. Yeah, that was the sponsee. He did help. Uh, but then, uh, yeah, he just, once he lost that job over there, no one saw him again. But that's, that, such is life in recovery. God bless him. I hope he's doing well. You walk over a lot of mats, Dennis. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, I tell you, that's pretty good. That's pretty good, guys. Uh, so, yeah, it's funny. Funny about uh, alcoholics um, that are not willing to commit. They usually don't love the suggestions like all the times. And that that first woman that I was talking about, she ended up. We went to that meeting that night. And she, as a lot of us do, made that meeting all about her, you know, and didn't understand. Like, I had to give her, like, some nudges. Like, I told her ahead of time, like, so we don't, like, crosstalk. So, like, if, like, they're talking, don't, like, stop what you're doing. Don't, like, stop them and be like, no, no, I did that too. I did, like, it's not like one of those. There's 40 people in here and there would be just mass chaos, if you were to do that. Um, so that was the first and last meeting. I continue to w- work with her, not in the program, but work with her uh, for a year. And then she left and life just got uh, really unmanageable for her the several years after. Um, and I spoke with her maybe a year and a half. No, nah, maybe... Yeah, about a year and a half ago, and still, you know, she uh, she said she wasn't able to get it. She went to a couple meetings here or there, but like, uh, just pray pray for those people. And I've had friends even uh, here uh, a year about a year ago. A friend of mine moved here, and James uh, met him, and uh, after he met. James and he said, "Oh, how do you how do you know James?" I said, oh, "He's a, a friend of mine. We like we follow the exact same program and we have a great life." He was so intrigued by that um, that he was like, "Maybe that would work for me." And I told him, "Yeah, it'll work for you, but you have to work for it. It doesn't just happen, you know. This thing, in my opinion, works for people, but." Just because it seems like, wow, that really came easy for them. We are all different. We have the same uh, ailment um, that I think is a a lack of, what do they say? Lack of power is our dilemma, something like that. And that I know is true. And I haven't had a friend outside the rooms that I've introduced this program to that has actually been able to be all in. I'm hoping that that's the case at some point, but I'm not going to hold my breath over it. I think it's definitely easier said than done when it comes to that. Um, And I'll kind of move into the last question that I had on there. Was it challenging navigating a friendship, uh, or more enriching, uh, uh, yeah, I don't even know what I was meaning with that, with the program's assistance. I would say I've used the principles to 
not have resentment against those people that either don't go to meetings, don't, um, you know, that, that friend that a year ago I took to a meeting just two weeks ago, he returned the big book to me and said, thank you so much. And I said, did you get anything out of it? He said, I'm not much of a reader. <laughs> so, and I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, did you, uh, check out the links, the YouTube thing that just like reads it for you. And he's like, no, I, I really didn't have time. And it's like, I, so I stopped at that, those two things. Um, I think the old me definitely would have been like, uh, judging, you know, but as soon as I feel judgment creep in, I shut my mouth <laughs> is what I do. And I, I get over it because I can't always prevent judgments, but I can prevent that next thing of the action based on the judgment where I go, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to hang out with you. Oh yeah. You know, I'm going to treat you like garbage. Cause what does that do? Uh, I don't think that's the program and being an example of it. So I try my best to know that some people don't want to work for it. And I'm going to stay sober through it all and be try to be an example of getting through anything without picking up a drink or a drug. James? What I read, Mike, was, was it challenging navigating a battleship even after the Admiral's assistance? Uh-huh. And to answer that, yes, it was challenging to navigate the battleship. The Admiral, in this case... <laughs> Poor Dennis. I didn't think he was even paying attention. Um, you know, it's, it is, it's challenging today is a different word for me. Um, I know we just like in friendships in general, I, I try to stick with friends who have my best interests, interest and, you know, truly care about me. Fair weathered friends. I keep it at an arm's length and, you know, sure I'll go and, go to the movie with some friends and have some fun. But, you know, I've, I've got a, a select group of friends, including you guys, that I keep close to me. And um, you have my in- best interest at heart. You, um, you believe like I believe, and, and you're, you're selfless. And I'm going to end it with that. I've never been on a battleship, so I don't know how to answer this question. Um, I don't know. I think, like... I'm not the best at navigating friendships anyways. You know, I'm, not, I'm bad at, like, calling people back and answering texts and stuff. Um, and, I, and I often don't want to go out and do things. So, But I do have, like, very close friends. As far as, like, like an example for, like, like, the story I just told earlier with about my friend Matt, who was my friend before and is still my friend after. Bearded Matt? Bearded Matt. And, uh, no, oh, plug Matt. Plug Matt, my bad. I, I forgot we distinguished them two. Either way, the, the audience knew what I was talking about. Um, like, I'm one of those that, like, if someone wants to, like, be my friend, I'm usually open to it. And so in the case of, like, Matt, like, he'll call me up 
And if I'm able to answer the phone or go hang out and talk to him, I'll go do that because I like the guy, you know. And it's it's my friends in and outside of the rooms, I pretty much treat them the same. And I have like a small group of people that I consider like close, close friends, like James mentioned, and then a whole bunch of acquaintances. So typically those acquaintances aren't really calling me to go out to dinner or hang out or anything like that. And my close friends are, um, I don't know. I have my, my own special hurdles to get over about like actually navigating friendships in recovery, just in the sense that I like with my anxiety in the past like year or so it's like been like, I literally don't want to go outside. I really don't want to go to Disney World. I don't want to go sit in a restaurant. <laughs> and I have to, like, get over that. Like, start working on getting past that. But luckily, my close friends have still remained my friends. Even if I don't see them every day. So that's beautiful. Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. Oh, that was cool. That was pretty That was cool. That's good. It's good. Uh, good another week. And this is this is very awesome that next week it's going to be episode 150. Wow. What? That's a lot, which means it's either the end of season three, since every season is an episode, is 50 episodes, or it's the start of season four. Which one? It would have to be the end. The end? Would be the start. There you go. So it is going to be the end of season three. And I know what you're saying. Wait, there's 52 weeks a year. And why wouldn't it be 52 episodes? So that way it's the start of. Because that's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. We'll so that that's, that's it. It's up to 11. And nobody can necessarily hear. You actually have to yell. I know. So you have to, you have to project. In theater, they say you you yell to the back seat, the last seat in the, the theater. You know this, right? You know that. You project. Yeah. Well, next week we'll be back. And I think it is up to Dennis to come up with the topic next week. Because James has come up with the last couple besides the tears and chairs. So, Dennis, start thinking about it. Think about it. Don't tell us today. We really don't care what it is today. We'll be back next Thursday. Sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 150. With the defective characters entirely right out of all these character defects. Remember, attraction rather than promotion. And we'll see you next time.